You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Go Wild's Fall, brought to you by GunBroker.com. Let's go, baby. It is, as Braden said, the most magical time of the year. Is this the last day of summer today? Oh, oh God. like officially? I think no. The 18th of September? It's always like the 21st October. or the 20th. I don't know. It feels like it. It's I'll close. That. It's Leaves close. are starting to turn colors here. It's nippy this morning. Me and Jacob are breaking out our 90s t-shirts. Rock it. Is that hard? I don't know. <laughs> they both got holes in them, too. Yeah. That's the style That's now. normal for you. I think a fat guy owned this before me. That's I could cigarette, see like Cigarette burns. Yeah, I could see the beer gut being out like this, oh, and then cigarette wait. dropping right on top of the, the gut tray right there. The old gut tray. <laughs> the fat guy wearing a medium t-shirt? <laughs> well, yeah, he was like 4'7". But when, when you get a shirt like that, do you... Do some Wikipediaing in case you run into any sort of rabid fan and you're just not totally ignorant. No, here's what happens. I walk in and Donovan goes, hey, that's that Matt Kenneth. Kenseth. I think it's Kenseth. (laughs) (laughs) And I go, yeah. There you go. go. I just like the colors. No, I I remember the car, the DeWalt car, and it's got a mural on the back. There's There's still a DeWalt car, isn't there? I don't oh, I'm sure I they haven't still watched since I was a kid. I fell off the NASCAR train, unfortunately. I'm yeah. sure they still sponsor somebody. A lot of somebody. people did. Yeah. They're back. Actually, uh, Chris from Culpin used to do stuff with DeWalt. And he did some pretty cool stuff with NASCAR back in the day. Oh, really? Around that time frame. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in other news. So I think we all time. we all did fall things this weekend. Something. We all did hunting Something. Stuff. Who wants to kick it off? Stuff. I had a little spits and starts, but. I think I think Jacob had the closest to what we would call a hunting experience. So <laughs> I think you should start. Your <laughs> disclaimer. season has opened. Yeah. Me and Braden's season yeah. is not. Kentucky, Braden and I. Kentucky opened first Saturday of September, um, archery, and I haven't been able to get out. It's September eighteenth. Yeah. Just so you guys know, that's seventeen days. Haven't been able to get out. <laughs> My myriad of excuses every season: kids' stuff, family stuff, travel, whatever it may be. Um, so this past week, I was going to try to get out midweek, school stuff, kids' things got in the way. I was like, all right, I'm going Sunday. Well, I'm coaching my kids, my my boys' football teams. Yeah. And so the games and practices are on Sunday. So I'm looking at the calendar, talking to my wife, and it's like, all right, I'm going to – well, not I'm going to. Do you care if I cut out as soon as football's over and go hunt that evening? Football, the last game should be over by 4 me and my stupidities thinking I'll get out of there at four, get to the spot, be in the tree, five o'clock, good, ready to roll. Well, as football tends to go, games got delayed. That's the last game of the day, so it's gotten pushed back pretty far. Get out of there late, and I get off the highway, and it's starting to rain. And then it's pouring as I'm driving out. It's just like one road, never turn. 
So the whole time I'm driving down this road, it's pouring down rain. Um, I get through the pouring down rain, get parked at the farm, and it's just kind of lightly raining. And I'm thinking to myself, this is nothing. I can walk through this stuff, get out there, get set up. And it's decent tree cover, so I'm not worried about getting dumped on. Um, I go around to the back of my truck, get my bag, open it up, pull my saddle out, getting ready to put my saddle on. Thunder. So at this point, I'm like, crap, well, I need to sit down, wait this out, do the whole 20-minute thing, give it some time to go through. Well, the rain catches up to me, so then it's downpouring. I get back in the truck. Um, I had a door open like a dummy. I'm standing at the back of my truck under the covering, and I left my door wide open, and so my pistol's in the seat, and everything is soaked mm-hmm. when I go to get back in. Uh, so I get back in. I'm sitting there waiting for it, and I'm texting Braden kind of, play by play as this is going down and uh i look at the the radar map and there's literally within like a 10 15 mile radius of where i'm sitting there is nothing except right on my dot of where i'm at and so it's like not these deer today yeah it's just not (laughs) it it goes blue like the color i don't remember the order is like blue green red yellow and it's just right there and so it's growing around me. Um, it starts hailing, like pea-sized hail starts what? hitting my truck. And this is, at this point, is probably 450. Um, and I'm, like, doing the math backwards. This is why I texted Braden. I'm like, okay, I know they're there around 7 o'clock just because of trail cam history over the last few weeks. But they've been there as early as 440. And so I'm doing this math in my head of, like, okay, I got to get in there, get my, my stuff on the tree and get set up. And it's, like, go time. So do I go in and still hunt this thing? Do I go in and try to find a tree just to hide behind and try to get after it that way instead of wasting time setting up my saddle, waffling back and forth between that? And then it doesn't stop until 520. So at this point, I'm a good 40 minutes in set up. So it's 6 o'clock by the time I get in there and do that. So now I'm calling my wife. I'm like, look. I'm whining to her. This is all falling apart. This is, she's five miles away and there's not a raindrop. And, um, so I'm like, do you care if I hunt tomorrow evening instead? She gives the thumbs up. And so at that point I'm like, I'm pulling the ripcord. I'm getting out of here. There's no sense of me going in there Sunday, yesterday. Okay. So you're planning on hunting tonight. Yeah. I'm going this evening. So you thought that if you went in there and only hunted for like an hour, you could screw it up for like your bigger hunts today. yeah this I, is the spot where like the pictures of the bucks are coming from right like yeah. you're getting a lot of a lot the, of bucks you don't want to bugger that up this is now. like five ten yard shots from the tree yeah. i'll be in and yeah. so i didn't want to run the risk of my my ingress and egress i have to go past this one spot that they use like mm-hmm. it is it's kind of one of those things where i could piss away the next few hunts mm-hmm. by screwing this one up and forcing it or hold off a day and try to go back in there so that's what i did i mean i I was you know how you get all excited you're driving you got the butterflies in your stomach and Mm -hmm. i I told erica this morning like i've i've been picturing these scenarios because you're piecing together what they're doing from the trail cameras you know where they're coming you know where you're sitting and they're going to come in right there and i'm like i can feel these deer showing up and the whole shot process starts running through my head my heart starts racing like not even there yeah and so um, I'm sitting in the truck, just super pumped up to be out, and then it wasn't meant to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Got 
God literally <laughs> said no. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, here's some thunder hail and a downpour. So wow. did you get pictures that evening at 7? I did not. Okay. And it was kind of like a mix because I was talking to Liz about that when I got back. It's like I, I kind of don't want to see a deer show up there tonight because no. if a good one walks up, right. then I would have missed it. You know? No, I, it was definitely the right call not to go out there. Like, especially you said you've had them out there early as 440. Yeah. Like, and it's does usually, but yep. I don't want to mess up with them either. Yeah, imagine you got out there and got all set up and we're up in the tree and then it starts hailing. So, yeah, if, that was the other thing. If, if football didn't get yeah, delayed, if football didn't delay me, I would have been out there getting pegged by this, this hail. So, it, <laughs> there's a joke there. It I'm worked not out. Don't touch it. <laughs> don't <laughs> leave it. Anywho, leave it. Leave it. Oh, drop it. So Stay. Drop it. So tempted. You guys can draw your own conclusions about what that joke was going to be. Yep. Yep. So I'm getting after those boys tonight. Um, I'm only shooting a buck. I'm not going to take a doe. So it's uh, this is kind of like, I, you know, I, I kind of see these hunts as very calculated. There's no reason for me to push it. I've got the whole season rest left to go. Yeah. And. It's so not like they're still in velvet. That was the other thing. Is like if they were still in velvet, and you're like racing against like Two I really want a velvet. But, oh, they, they are? are. Two of them are still oh, in velvet. Snap. Yep, and those boys showed up well. consistently two days in a row this past week. And okay. So I'm hoping they run heavy tonight. Does I mean, that mean that, that's I've, I've only seen two left, but it's it's know. a we were talking to Vakarovich about this. It's like a million. It's like anything with deer. It's like health. Like they could stress. be traumatized. Yeah, like there's all kinds of things that can cause them to, like they can get out of it early. They can stay in it super long. Like yeah, one just, of them was out of velvet in yeah. August, like right. mid-August. I remember seeing that. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, interesting. That's all right. Well, you get back after tonight. Yeah. Okay. Run it back. What time are you getting up there? I'm gonna try to get out of here about three thirty, yeah. four o'clock. Yeah. Get over there, four fifteen or so. Yeah. Tune in next week to hear all the ways. <laughs> hey, so last year last year my first archery hunt i got up in the tree with field points that's on. right field points so it never starts the way you expect in it. your success you weren't even up in the tree right you were just behind a tree standing behind a tree and a deer walked by is that right or were you in a saddle last year yeah, last for that year. hunt yeah uh that was the second hunt i was no, on like the ground when you got yeah you were on the, yeah you were on the ground yeah yeah for both of them yeah yeah shot two and like I love hunting on the ground. Yeah. The saddle's fun. Like, I enjoy it, and it's obviously a better hunting position, but I like chasing them on the ground. Yeah. Before saddles, you pretty much were strictly on the ground, right? Yeah, I have a climber stand. Uh, I've hunted out a few times. I hate them. I don't like climber stands. So the saddle's, like, the perfect mix between the way I like to hunt and the better way. Dude, I got my whole saddle set up uh, ready over the weekend. And I've been thinking about it. Like, so I used to use this Badlands Diablo VT backpack and it was sweet because I could take my sticks and like it had three straps that were on the outside of the pack that I could strap them to the the predator platform went right into the, the backpack and I had like tons of extra space. And this year my goal was to like, like downsize, have like a lighter setup, And I have this, um, it's the plateau pack from trophy line. And which is kind of like a fanny pack with it's a it's called straps. a lumbar a lumbar pack lumbar pack yeah so it just goes like your lower back and it, like there's like beefy straps that come around your midsection and then there's a strap that goes around your chest and I really liked it but the problem is I use three step sticks the Hawk Helium I think they're like thirty inch maybe 
Um, and so they're super long. Like a lot of guys use the, the two step and I just, I inherited the three step from Phil and I actually really like them now. They're heavy, but I like that. I only have to set up three instead of four on the tree. And, um, so with that plateau pack, uh, they're designed really for those two step sticks sticks because you can set them down like horizontally and they don't come out of your frame real far and you're not like having to struggle to go through the woods and like hitting every tree and all that so i've been thinking about it and finally i came up with a plan um for my birthday sav got me these little uh straps that go for my it's a fhf gear chest rig and you can buy these attachments that you just you can take the straps off like the straps that go around your chest and your shoulders that make it a chest pack and then it's just like kind of a floating rectangle and you can clip on these little things that have these little other clips that you can put through molly or you can put through really like any kind of loop and clip it on and so what i did was i took the plateau pack i laid it down and clipped the chest rig basically to the top like right at the base of my neck pretty much um like all the way at the top and then and this is what you're keeping your binos in no oh, okay no well no um i'm gonna keep some stuff i still have the plateau pack that i'm gonna keep I'm, i totally like changed my whole setup gotcha. but i'll explain that in a sec but um so like you've got the bottom like where the lumbar pack is down kind of by like my low back and then at the top i have the chest rig sitting there that has molly on the outside i put a strap on that so now i have i can put my sticks like completely vertical running all the way up like basically like my back spine. yeah all the way up my spine i could just clip to the chest rig and then i clip to the lumbar down at the bottom and so i have those running and the the platform pack actually fits into the the little zipper down on the lump which i did not think was oh, the pouch part yeah the, oh, really? the whole platform fits in there and then you just zip it yeah that's i did a, not think a predator that. Platform. yeah the tether one which is like one of the you know it's a it's a smaller lighter yeah. whatever but that's what i like um and so yeah i'm able to like run a smaller pack that's you know the badlands vt is sick but it's just it's it's just more than what i need yeah you didn't normally take that up the tree with you right no well and also so that's where the chest rig comes in is still with this setup is i'm gonna leave the lumbar pack on the ground um because i have like i'm gonna walk in with my saddle on i've got like a, a, a little pouch that goes on the side of the saddle um and i ha- it has molly on it too so i'm gonna hook the chest rig the chest rig is what i'm gonna take up the tree so i'm gonna leave the lumbar pack at the base of the tree clip the chest rig off put it onto my saddle and have like all like you know snacks call like monocular whatever uh range finder and that'll just go up the tree with me and i'll be able to leave everything else down there did i show and you that um brunton i think it's brunton monocular i got when we were testing out a new vendor on the site and I ordered one. No. Did I have to show you too? It's pretty, from Monocular, it, it goes to like, what, 40X or something? It's cool. Oh, wow. I'll show it to you. Yeah, mine's just the, it's the Vortex Solo. Solo. I think. Yeah. yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I like it. I have those Athlon binos too, but I don't know what I'm going to use more of really. I yeah. It'll be my first year season with those. Yeah. So. But yeah, I got the whole setup done and I got to shoot, um, actually shot Friday night with Phil and we went out. I was actually telling Jacob this whole story, but I'll tell it again to y'all. Like, um, I got my bow completely restrung and it's like, this is my third season using it. And I shoot it a decent amount. So it was just, it was really starting to need it and got it back and went out to the range. I think that day with Jacob and Derek and, uh, Dallas was telling me like, Hey man, like, uh, you need to shoot this thing 
a hundred times and then come see me and we'll do a final tune and you'll be ready for the season. I'm like, okay, cool. So I go out to the range and I shot it 43 times. And oh my God. In I, one setting? Yeah. It was stupid. I, it For me, not being in archery shape, like that's really dumb. Some people like it's no big deal, but like I'm usually like 15 ish arrows and I'm good. But I was trying to get through that hundred and I was just like not really caring where they're going and I'm shooting, I'm shooting, I'm shooting. And dude, my shoulder was wrecked. Like I've never felt before. And I was like, oh man, I think I might have like tore something. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm still sore from it. Like it, it hurt really bad. Well, so then I'm shooting again Friday with Phil and I waited. Uh, I had a vacation in between then. So like I didn't shoot at all between then. It was probably 10 days. And we're shooting and like my shoulder's still hurting. I'm not saying anything because it's just like it is what it is at this point. Like whatever, just shooting, shooting. And Phil looks over and he's like, dude, your field point is basically in your rest. Like it is right there. He's like, when you put a broadhead on that thing, it's going to like, it's not going to work. Like it's literally going to be resting. And I'm like, wait, like these, I, there's, I mean, is this arrow cut wrong? Like what's going on? And we're looking, I'm like, no, all these, like, it's the same as last year. I don't know what would have happened. I was like, well, I got my bow restrung. And we're like, what things did they do in, in this? Like, what do they take apart? And we start looking at it the string stop screw um they just put in the wrong spot so instead of it drawing to my normal draw length it was back uh an extra inch so i was pulling it back mm. a whole extra inch and it was just like that just that little amount that going back that ergonomics yeah. and it was the full let off which is nice like all the way let off and i could just sit there and hold it forever but i was in a really bad position uh for my shoulder um, and so we fixed that and actually over adjusted it once. And it felt like I was shooting like a trad bow. Like I couldn't, like there was no let off. And then I went like one more step and now it's back to normal and feels good again. But yeah, so caught that right before season, um, trying to get my boat ready. And, and then, uh, so that's good. And then we're going to go out youth season Saturday with, uh, Phil's brother. Um, we're not sure where yet because of the wind, but, um, we have a he he got a crossbow for him, and so he was sighting that in yesterday and getting that thing ready. And I was actually talking to Brad in a meeting this morning. I was like, dude, I was sitting there having a hard time making an argument to myself that that's not the most ethical way to kill a deer. Yep. I was like, uh, Fast, and on straight. top of that, so the argument, like as a compound boat hunter, right? Or, Are you talking about crossbows versus compound? Yes. Okay. And the argument is like, well, it's cheating because it's during archery season. Like, it's not fair chase or whatever. Well, this bo- this crossbow is 330 feet per second, which is what a compound bow does. It's going to be more accurate because you've got, like, a digital sight, and you can you more, can more accurate. You, you're usually shooting it off of a, a gun rest or whatever from a stand or a tripod or bipod or whatever. And I'm like, man, I... It it shoots mechs really well. Like you you don't have the same type of problems usually with a crossbow. From what I understand, I've never I've never done it, so don't roast me here. I'm trying to learn about it, but like from what I understand, they shoot mechs really well and they perform super well uh, out of a crossbow versus like there is an argument against them for a compound, but you know teach their own. But I was just trying to make the argument to myself that that's not the you know the best way to kill a deer. I like I, <laughs> not the best, but like most ethical. It's like there's more room for arrow with a com- arrow yeah. with a compound. Um, you know, you can get a cross crossbow up to way over 330 feet per second. So now it's it's like a gun, but you're doing less of the 
the internal damage that a gun does where you're losing some meat, you're going to lose less meat with a crossbow. Like, yeah, I still love a compound bow. I'm still going to compound bow just, hunt. You could just make the argument that a gun's the most ethical way. Well, you lose more meat is yeah, one of well, the things. That's, that's not ethics. If you're thinking like, about for the deer, though, like for the deer, if for the you want to talk about like for like the less margin of error. Right. Yeah. I mean, it could really just be like how much work you put in as a hunter. Yeah. yeah. I think but, the ethics are just, you're right. You, you're you more accurate and have a wider range of success with a crossbow. But the ethics just come into, if you are going out and practicing and you know the best I can do is 20 yards with a compound bow, then the, if if you're within what you're comfortable with, I think that's ethical. Now, if you're trying to stretch out to 40 and you're, you kind of know in your head, oh, this might be an unethical shot. I'm sure it's the same thing with a crossbow. I don't know. What would you say the range on a crossbow is? 80 yards? 100 yards? I, I honestly don't know. I mean, you could you could take a shot that far. Yeah, I feel like a lot easier than with a compound bow. Yeah. With a 330 foot per second crossbow, no, yeah. you're not going to shoot so it. So there's still the same ethical, there's a limit to the crossbow if you're hunting over a field or something. Like you're not yeah. going to take a 150 yard shot or no. a 100 yard shot. Not with this one in particular, no. Yeah. There are some that can do, that can yeah. perform like that, but... Yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not like having a moral dilemma over here. It's just like I I had that was the first time I really had like been around a crossbow being shot a lot and I was like, "Huh. Did you shoot it?" No. Oh, I, dude, they're fun to shoot. Yeah. He was sighted at the end and he had like a full setup. I was just hanging out. So uh, I think if you're going to introduce somebody to it, especially youth, well, that is the path. Exactly. There's no recoil, there's no bang. I mean, there is a little bit of recoil with it, but not like a firearm. No. And it's like it's especially more ethical for some, like a younger dude who's like in school, plays sports or like has a job or whatever. Like there's, you're not going to spend as much time shooting a compound bow more than likely. Like this, this guy in particular is not, he's not practicing that much. So the, the ethical issue was like, he's not great, you know, with a compound bow, like, well, get him in a crossbow, teach him how to shoot this thing, get it sighted in. And I mean, it's steady it, shoot it. I mean, you're, you're good to go. So, so is this youth only archery? No. So you Indeed, can use whatever? You can use a gun Yeah. this weekend. You can use. That's early. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always <clears throat> the weekend before bow season opens. Sweet. Yeah. Yep. So, but yeah, that was that was all the stuff I did. What did you do, Erica? Um, I did a lot of things, but you were talking about. So do you think if you adjusted it, your bow, you, like you. If you had done the 43 before you figured out what was wrong, you would have been fine with your shoulder. No, oh, I probably would have been sore still, yeah. Oh, okay. Mean, I tried to get in shape before, but I wasn't, like, shooting my bow as much because my string was messed up. And so there was a period probably – it was probably two weeks where I didn't shoot it at all mm-hmm. and then went and shot it 43 times. I would for sure be sore. <laughs> okay. Because that's yeah. what I feel like my problem is that – I mean, I've been out there practicing, but I feel like after – you know, maybe like seven, I'm like doing some weird stuff to try and get it like pulled back. Yeah. And anyways, I ended up texting Jeremy Kerber with Fit to Hunt. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, do you have, well, we were texting about some other things, but um, I was like, hey, do you have any uh good like back or shoulder? Mm-hmm. Uh, like what's the one thing that I, that I can do to like help me get that up? Because I feel like I'd be more consistent. Yeah. And like, I'm not sitting in my tree and like doing all kinds of wonky stuff and just spooking them out. 
And you um, just got to draw one time in that scenario. I know, <laughs> I know. But, but if I, you can practice more, know. then it makes you, you better. Just, I, you, know, you guys know me. I worry about everything. Like, Sorry. I'm just going to yep. sit here and worry about me doing crazy stuff. And he was like, oh, I have a whole archery program. Like, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. Anyway, so he sent it to me. Um, and then you should do it, too. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'll look at it. Is Zach Vakirovich? I think he might do it. Oh, he does may. he? Yeah. yeah, he commented on it. Anyways, go wild ten at fit2hunt.com. Fit number two hunt.com. They have an archery program. Anyways, I'm gonna do it. It's only three days a week, and okay. then for six weeks, and then I feel like I'm just gonna. What does it consist of mostly? Is it like a lot of body weight, or is it like weights or? No, bands? there there's bands. some bands. There's a couple of weights. There's like using your own body weight for a couple of things. It's like real. Real easy. It's not going to take okay. you an hour a day or anything all like right, that. Right. Um, anywho, on it over here. So good. I'm working on that. But then a couple of weeks ago, I went out and last year I talked about how I didn't love my tree stand position. Like I put it there in the beginning of the season, felt really good about it. But then during the season, um, it was clear that like this one particular place that I didn't have a shooting lane was where they were all coming from. Mm. And I wish that I could have moved my ladder stand or I wish that I had a saddle set up that I could, you know, just like go move anyway. So this year, um, a couple of weeks ago we went and moved it. And then this weekend, um, me and my husband and, um, a friend went out and helped me cut some shooting lanes into that area and then um also scouted around a little bit and saw another spot that I really like for specifically for bow that's like kind of really clear but has a lot of tracks and it goes down into this like swampy area it goes to a pond it goes to the food it goes to it's like a pinch point mm. and um sorry yeah. oh, kiss noise from my bottle <laughs> I was trying to do that quiet either. Jacob's over here just going <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine here, like dude. the YouTube video, the cameras just cut to Erica talking, and everyone's just thinking that we're like making out. We're keeping it cool. Uh, um, but anyways, in that like little um, pinch point area that's kind of clear because I used to log it. Um, there's this big tree that's down with like a bunch of limbs and stuff over it, and we're like, you should just set up here, like without a tree stand. Um, anyway, so we went out there to like clear and then I was like, I have a blind. Why wouldn't I just put this here? And they were like, yes, yeah, go get it. So they ended up leaving and I brought the blind down. I found a chair that I had. It was like, it's a little, um, swivel chair and it's like, it's super comfy. But in that box that that guy gave me last year with the bow, it had a chair in it, and it's mm. nice. It's like neoprene. Mm. Anyway, so I said that Cut to Erica up. sleeping in a blind. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. This is actually just me, like, What'd you see out there, just Erica? Just away from the kids. <laughs> yeah. I'm just escaping my kids and sitting in this blind. Um, anyway, so I, like, cut some stuff down and made some shooting lanes. And Is your buddy heater in there, too? Ooh, you'll no. be vibing. You know what? I should, though, but I'm yeah. afraid that the propane smell might. Oh. Do you think it will? Well, they make. Mm. I've never People had one out that, there. Though. They have one but that's now, like for hunting. Now that I have a blind, yeah, that's so what I'm saying. Know how, I don't know how they work, but I know that they're. You can use them in enclosed spaces. Like there isn't fumes coming off oh. that'll give you car- carbon monoxide. People do this all the time. I just so, don't know which one. I don't know. It is. Yeah, I don't know if there is a smell. 
I don't know. I mm. honestly don't. Know. I mean, they're propane, but maybe well, they like totally burn it. I don't know. I don't know. The idea is that this <laughs> cut is to Erica dead in a flash. Burning. Was this a meth lab? <laughs> what was she doing there? Yeah. Uh, the idea that this is mostly for bow season. Um, yeah. Th- this specific spot, the tree stand. I think the tree stand is more of like my primary location, and the neighbor guy that. It has been like really helping me scout and identify some areas and trails and like strategy wise. He was like, this blind here is a good spot, but I think that your tree stand is where you're going to get more of your success. Have you practiced shooting sitting down yet? No. So now that I know that I have the chair and the blind now, um, which that all came through this weekend. Um, that's what I'm going to go home and do today. And this week is like more practice and then do the sitting down spot. So, I'm excited. Heck yeah, dude. But but this is me always at the beginning. This is, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to get a <laughs> I'm going to get something. And then we're like a week into rifle season having opened. And I'm like, I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> is your, uh, you talk about two different spots. Are they, you kind of have to hunt like the same wind for both of those? Or is one like an east and one like you could like do you have options like if it's a bad wind day for one could you hunt the other kind yeah of i think i think there's options there nice cool well, that's great i'm Daniel. excited for you quick break <laughs> yeah if we want to get this on camera we're at time limit for that we should probably restart that's literally what i was gonna say i'm like do we have time to talk about money? oh yeah sure go yeah. ahead i think uh, it's it, it's excusable this time of year yeah go ahead leave that rolling okay yeah just go ahead and Stop so stop we'll that. do it live. You don't need to cut this out, Dwayne. You know, cut it. Count okay. it down. Ready? Three, two, one, go. And then, do you we have, have to no, clap again? You have no natural rhythm. We can clap. Clap. I said. Yay. So all the podcasts. Make it clap. I said three, two, one, go. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a four, four right. count, though. Well, three, it's it's back good to thing you guys regular. aren't hunting with each other, trying to yeah. shoot two turkeys at the same time. <laughs> yeah, really. Wait, two on two? <laughs> yeah. Three, two, one. I made sure I said the go, go this time. Yeah. All right. So you went scouting. I went scouting. You, you got out there, too. Yeah, so uh, Drew quota hunt for Land Between the Lakes, which I'd never been to. I'd never even been to... <laughs> I'd never even been to Western uh, Kentucky. And so I saw, I already forgot the name of the guy, the head of the Confederacy, his monument. What's that thing called? Robert E. Lee? No. Oh. Uh, what? Smith. It's like he's like got a huge obelisk out in the middle of some fields. It looks like the Washington Monument. You're like, oh, what I've is seen that? that. I've seen You're like, this. what is that? It's the monument to the head of the Confederacy. Like yeah, the political and, head. I think me and Derek drove by and looked up what it was and we were like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, giant, it's just a big white column in the middle of the field. It's got like an elevator inside of it and you can go to the top of what? it. I forget oh. the guy's name, which is a good thing. We should not remember his name. No, it's good to remember. We don't want to forget it's, that. It's history. History will repeat itself. you got to remember that stuff. It's good to remember the there was a guy, yeah. and it's good to remember I'm the Confederacy. It. It's not good to remember the guy's name. The leader <laughs> of the Confederacy? doesn't mean you celebrate it. No, I guess that's true. Anyways. Um, <laughs> the leader of the Confederacy. So anyways, yeah, 
Finnis? Is his middle Davis. name? Yeah, Jefferson Davis. Oh, Jefferson Davis. Yeah, I know Jefferson. Yeah, which sounds very American and probably like, oh, well, like you recognize the name. You're like, Jefferson Davis. Oh, <laughs> like, was I a fan of him? Close and to Thomas Jefferson. It. Yeah, and then you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but no, so I went out to, to that part of the country. And, and for those of you who aren't from Kentucky, land between the lakes is literally. Land between lakes. Land <laughs> which lakes? Land between Lake Barkley. Uh, and Lake Titicaca. No. No. <laughs> what? I think that is it, though. <laughs> <laughs> Lake Barkley and Kentucky Lake? Yep. Oh, I thought you were for real. I was like, no. I've never Titicaca, heard that. Titicaca is in South America. It's the Tennessee-Kentucky border. Yeah, so so it's a, it's a vertical uh, peninsula that's man-made. And when they flooded to make those two lakes, they did not develop the land in between so it's this huge i don't know how many thousands of acres there's a wild amount of cemeteries on that map too yeah Mm. a ton of family a ton of family cemeteries i guess because it was the natural high ground you know you always wanted to have your cemeteries in the highest part where it wouldn't yeah you don't want to see your family members floating (laughs) so when they so (laughs) yeah so when they flooded it um they you know if you had a family cemetery there they kept it so there are a lot of cemeteries and a lot of um Forest service roads, a lot of very remote, undeveloped land. So when scouting, it's split up into uh, multiple hunt zones. Some of them are in the Tennessee side. Some of them are in the Kentucky side. I obviously drew for the Kentucky side and got uh, a zone that does not have a lot of clearings, does not have a lot of water other than obviously the lakefront water. Um, So I was trying to kind of do that public land math of um, where is the most likely spot for there to be deer and the least likely spot to be other hunters and then Venn diagram that with and is easy enough to get to to be able to drag deer out. Do you have a spreadsheet? Venn diagram. Did you draw the Venn diagram? I support this Venn diagram analogy. I knew you were going to talk smack about it, but I like it. It's good. It's you, um, it's just a Dude, it I is, support it. It is one hundred percent the right way to go. I'm just <laughs> you're just a nerd <laughs> that you labeled. Yeah. Um, no, so uh, so got ready to go out. I learned something about that trail camera because I got it working. You did get it working. Which yeah. one? Working. What was it? A Tacticam Reveal X Gen Two. Oh, okay. Which came with AT and T and Verizon cards. Yeah, yeah. And at my house, I have Verizon. Super strong signal would not connect to the Verizon yeah. network. Just got the red bar. Came, brought it into work. Super strong Verizon signal would not connect on Verizon. Now, it's not giving the flashy red bar like the SIM card's bad. It's just it's like can't find a signal. Yeah. So I was Googling and Googling, and someone said, and they'd called Tacticam about it, and said, hey, I have really good signal. I'm on Verizon, but I don't get any signal on my trail camera. And they go, oh, well, sometimes Verizon will pay rent on an AT&T tower to use that tower, but our trail cameras aren't that advanced. So if, if it's an AT&T tower that's close enough to you, then the AT&T card will work, mm. even though your phone, you're, you have Verizon as a service provider. You're like, yeah. oh, I have signal. Interesting. It doesn't matter who your service provider is. It, who, who physically owns the tower. And, oh, and AT&T might ha- own that. the tower, but they're renting it to Sprint and T-Mobile. And, like, and I knew that stuff happened, but for some reason I thought the AT&T and Verizon's were, like, 
that's kind of what I they thought didn't too. Run from each other, and especially just I thought Verizon surely, you know, in downtown Louisville in this business park in downtown Louisville would have a tower that I could get signal on. Well, I put in the AT and T card and it instantly connected. Picked it up. Picked it up. Huh. So went scouting. Well, it was actually kind of a fun day. Laying between the lakes. Stopped off at the gun range first. They have a 150-yard outdoor range. Zeroed the rifle. A lot of... What are, you, what are we shooting? 30-30 lever action. Ooh. Sweet. Yeah. Zeroed it to at 50 yards and had like one-inch groupings at 50 yards. And I'm like, that's about as good as I can do. And, yeah. this, and this gun can do. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not, you know, shooting gnats. Um, so, cool. Then drove down the road. They have an elk and bison preserve. Oh, cool. And you pay $5 and the gate opens up and you can drive through this big preserve. And, man, I've never seen so many Jeeps of – they were all exactly the same. Super kitted out, off-roaded, kitted out, not a speck of mud on them. <laughs> Dude would get out, jean shorts, white New Balances, big old belly, you know <laughs> – those sorts of people and they were just a man and i were crawling three miles an hour through this looking stopping looking for motion you know scouting the area these jeeps we constantly were pulling off them and jeeps go by and we saw like uh elk a, a bull elk with Sick. a calf oh cool um saw wild turkey saw all this stuff are they and, rutting this time of year here i mean i know they do out west i, I would know. assume so right i don't know, I don't know. this time of year like I'm worried if it's weather dependent, it's oh, colder it's out cold, there than right. it is here. In it. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I the rut hear... is different in the south than it is here for yeah. whitetail, so it makes sense that maybe it's later. I didn't hear any like bugles or anything. It's so. loud and obvious. Yeah, so I would guess not. But anyway, so did that. Saw a bunch of wildlife. We were like getting ready to go. We were pulled off, and we were literally just stopped on the side of the road, just looking in a field, and it's cheap comes up is like y'all see any elk and we're like yeah and they're like we haven't seen anything (laughs) 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 oh like all right great so scout uh we had a couple spots picked out part of the scouting was scouting the forest service roads how rough and some of the forest service roads were paved some of them were gravel roads good condition some of them were way overgrown and we'd go a little ways down it Huge tree across the road, have to reverse out of it. Mm. So it was a it was a good trip, but um, you just mark it on Onyx, like all yeah, your, on Onyx, like, all this that trail's stuff. good, that kind of thing. This is one spot. There's like a road up going on the ridge line, and then you drop down into a valley, and I could see on Onyx that there was a, a little pond, like maybe like a hundred foot by a hundred foot pond. And so I pull off to scout, and Amanda gets out with me, and a Jeep bro, two Jeeps pull up. Dude gets out, wearing his Jeep bro outfit, tucked in shirt, into his <laughs> jean shorts, with his white new balances. Dan has this new thing where he Is tries it? to piss people off. Yeah, we, no. just, we just published a short of you Firing saying, shots. you're like, if... This state sucks, this state sucks, this state sucks, and this state sucks. And everyone's like, what the heck? He, like, well, hated on Little Rock. And yeah, like, they're yeah. a bunch of hippies. So, so now he's just trying. I like it. Well, it's an and engagement. This is, and this is part of the reason why. You'll see I'm, I have uh, uh, a little bias for it. So I get out, and we're putting on binos, and I've got my backpack with the trail camera on, and we're going to go down and look at this. This Jeep Pro gets out, and he's on his phone and he's looking the other direction just looking at his phone and i yell at him i mean not like yell like <laughs> scared <laughs> the crap out of him. shouted him because he's a distance away and i'm like are you guys are you guys 
here's scouting? And they go, no, we're geocaching. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh, okay, good. I'd have been upset if we were both scouting for the same, the same spot. And he's like, nope. And then they turn around and start walking towards the lake. And so Amanda and I go into the woods, and we're kind of far apart. But sure enough, they're ahead of us. And we get to the little pond. I said lake, but it's really a pond. Uh, and there's a geocache spot oh, literally on nah. the edge of the pond. Oh, it's like, that's oh, man. And there's so much sign of deer. Um, we're seeing in the, you know, it's kind of marshy at the bottom. Tons of prints. Yeah. A lot of poop. Yeah. And so it's in the maybe category if, if all else need to, fails. need to find a nice oak close to that. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you have the oak? The uh, nut bearing trees layer turned on an onyx. I do. It's the whole area. It's everywhere. Did you see them on the ground? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. All over the, the place. So then you would think the geocachers would be wise that don't come into this area during rifle season, right? Yeah. I or mean, you would also think the park. The park would, closes. Some they of might that close stuff. them. They like m- Henry. Or they no. might close it, but I still feel like people like you would think people wouldn't wear jean shorts one walking through the woods <laughs> but but this guy are. was <laughs> this so guy was around that mike larson's wtf philosophy it's like water testosterone food right yeah. so you've got water you've got a pond you have food because there's oaks everywhere but it's insignificant because it's freaking everywhere That's but to, to wrap that point up there will be <laughs> testosterone the time you're hunting there, and so you're going to be looking for scrape. wherever I am, wherever you are. But when you're down there in November, testosterone in the, in November, that spot, if you could get off the water source into the woods, like you're around oaks, you're going to look for. You need to scrape and then hunt around that scrape. Yeah, like, and I was going to say I didn't see any scrapes, any rubs, you, any. You, know, you probably wouldn't. You'd That's see what some I was rubs, hoping. Yeah. Probably that's old right. stuff. Well, well, they're rubbing, they're rubbing off, it. Yeah. That's what I was hoping. So, uh, are there tr- smaller trees? Yeah, there were saplings. And you didn't see any rubs no, on No, and I was looking pretty hard. I was seeing sign of deer, a lot of hoof prints, a lot of A lot of trails. does, though, in November, it changes the game. There might not be rubs there, but like if, we'll if the yeah. does are going to the water and eating the acorns around there, then you find us. So, <laughs> so, went to another spot. Another, there is, I don't want to give away my spot because I don't want people to. You know, for obvious reasons, but there it's are like a zone hunt, they're just going to dial up the, the geocache, <laughs> the geocache yeah. route. Oh boy! In Dan Jeep. only hunts geocache <laughs> locations. He's multitasking. He's like, oh, sick! I'm going to go hit this geocache yeah. and then get up in a tree. Um, no, so there are certain areas of this park, like the Elk and Bison Preserve. And speaking of dumb people, and you wouldn't think people be out walking Here during hunting seasons. You would not believe how many signs were at this elk preserve. Like, please do not get out of your car and approach the elk. Yeah. They're like all these diagrams Don't of like people statistics. getting tossed Dude, in the air. You know, there's all that stuff out there about the, the bison and stuff, people going up to them in Yellowstone. When we were in Rocky Mountain during the elk rut, we accidentally got close to them, but there were people that were seeking them out. Those are massive animals. Mm. Natural selection, man. I, I say we just let them do it. Dude. You know, if you're the type of guy that wants to go do that, you yeah, deserve but then those to not the, have children. Yeah, but then those are the sort of people that sue for $50 million oh, and say, yeah. you should have put a sign up. I didn't right. know. And then the next yeah, thing you know. I didn't know the coffee was hot. Yeah. Um, mm. So I went to another spot that, and I should say, 
this land between the lakes has a ton of different zones like that elk and bison preserve which obviously is no hunt it's high fence there are wildlife reclamation zones that are cut to dan wandering on <laughs> i checked an elk <laughs> yeah oh he, he was sighting in his 30 30 <laughs> now technically this is in my quota zone so <laughs> If I'm outside the fence shooting in, <laughs> is that still frowned oh, no. upon? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, no. It's not only frowned upon. No. but there, to jail. But there are some areas, um, some campgrounds and stuff. So my other spot, which I felt good about, also had at the bottom of a big hill a little natural water source. This was on the edge of a one-time cleared-out field that's now kind of overgrown. Tons of oak, and it backs up to a campground that's restricted. You can't hunt this yeah. area around the campground. Yeah, yeah. And so we're driving up there, and I see baby deer just chilling by the side of the road. So I'm like, okay, so there's deer in the area. Tons of poop, various animals, uh, including deer. Tons of sign of deer. Um, so I go down to this, this spot, and I'm just kind of scouting around, and there's a climber stand. Oh. Uh, on the ground, mm. like on the tree, but at ground yeah. level. Saying, I'm going to hunt here. Well, and I go up and look at it. And, and I take it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see, which one of these bolts can I loosen? Uh, oh, no. my God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just, yeah, that that is, all this stuff. Yeah. No. Somebody out there has got a camera running close to where you were. Oh, 100%. <laughs> But uh, it's it's a little it's a newer climber stand, but it's a little overgrown. There's a vine going over it. Mm-hmm. There's a, a branch that's fallen on it. Uh, so my guess is someone used it last season, maybe dragged out a deer and was exhausted because it's at the bottom of a hill. So they would have to drag it up up this hillside, and was like, "I'll come back for it," and didn't. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's someone setting up for this season. Plus, it's a quota hunt. So, like, what are the odds that you would draw oh. the same zone twice? Good point by you. But then I'm thinking, well, is this just some guy poaching? Like, how many people yeah. are like, oh, no, I didn't get drawn for the quota hunt. I'll just go out. Yeah. And if anyone said, you know, they're not going to know whether I was drawn or not. Dude, it's crazy how much that happens. I used to, I was naive. Like, there's so much poaching. Really? Yes, what would dude. you, like, so okay, much. you kill your deer and you have to, like, put in your... um. No. You Zip just, code and stuff. I you bet a lot not. of people don't tell Must, a check. Yeah, they, they, they just do not. That's what poaching is. Oh, they, they do don't even tag it. No. No. no, no, no. Yeah. yeah. If just, you're sneaking in to shoot a deer, you don't care about the rule. Yeah. Tagging it. You're just taking it home and You're just a deadbeat. Or yeah. just leaving it in the woods and oh, being the worst sort of. Oh. And, well, that, and, and those are usually like, when you read about the poaching people that Fish and Wildlife go after, and there's like, oh yeah, they've killed there's some guy with turkey. That's and right. He killed like 200 turkey right. in the last year or something. Why? Yeah, though? he kept all the shells and put like all Jeffrey the dates. Like Jeffrey Dahmerish kind of stuff. Uh, they just I like to. Hunt. I mean, it's they like they like to hunt, but they're also like they're not thinking conservation. They're just trying to kill things. They're not. They're not. They're it's, not. Even there's a screw loose there for yeah, sure. But they definitely loose. enjoy hunting a lot. You know what I mean? But they're like the one that guy you're talking about saved all of his shotgun shells and put the date. And yeah. like beard length and yeah. like or whatever yeah, on the shelf. Him, and just, just line them up on the dash of his Jeep. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, so I'm thinking if there's if someone hunts there last year and left their stand there, yeah. maybe they were successful. Is that a good sign for my success? If someone else's stand is there, does that mean that 
the chances of me having another hunter choose this spot because there's not a lot of water on in our zone. So well, that's right a, now. So yeah. it's really dry right now. So I got down there with the trail cameras and down in the valley, and no signal. So all that work uh-huh. to get the trail camera work and no signal. So I got to yeah. go back in two weeks, and it's a three-hour drive one way. Did you take it to the horizon? You still hung it. I still hung it. You just picked a different spot, or you put it there? And you I put it there because that's where all the sign of deer right. was. So I'll go back down there in two weeks and scout out just that specific, you know, a yeah. mile in every direction of that area. So yeah. if someone else sets up or I need to move. You still pull well, your card. You're going to well, pull your card, right? What's yeah, so I'll go back down okay. in two weeks with my laptop and just chimp out in the woods. What uh, a question there on the, the stand being there. Let's say there is a guy or gal up in that tree when you get there. For you all, what's the rule on, like, distance? Like, if you want to hunt the same area, are you – do you vacate the whole area? Are you – I don't know. It, it. I feel like – so my plan is to go down there the night before the season opens and camp out. And I yeah. might even go down and hang up my sticks the day before. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I would see, because the road that leads out there, you keep on going down it and there's a tree fall. So there's no through traffic on this road. So I would see a truck and know someone's in the general right. area. Yeah. And one side of the road is a campground land and there's signs no hunting so i know yeah. the person would have to be down there. so i'd probably stake it out and honestly probably when i go down there in two weeks i'll probably put like a little limb across the tree stand or something so if i come back the day before the hunt opens and that limb's gone oh. then i know oh he's been here he's you know getting ready or whatever you put a bear trap with it <laughs> um <laughs> i got him <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Dan's last, first and last quote of that. <laughs> I, I feel like... I thought everything was fair game. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like if we go, if we're, if we're going down there, um, bef- like we're far enough away that you wouldn't really be able to see each other. But if we're going in when it's still dark out, you would see flashlight lights. So I'm yeah. hoping he would holler at me or flashlights. And honestly, I'd probably talk to him and be like, "What direction are you hunting? Yeah. Going to be here? Going to be right. here? It's a three-day quota hunt. Are you going to be here the whole time?" Yeah. Just help me is, out though on this. Is like, there a rule? That's well, that there's not a rule that I know. Like, there's not. A, you can do whatever, but like, it's it's there's like it's like golf or fishing or whatever. Like there are unwritten rules. Gentlemen's rules. Yeah. Like right, what okay. what. I, I, I've never come to this situation. I've run into maybe like two hunters ever on public land. Like we're just in weird places. So like I don't. We see them at the parking lot, but, like, same thing you're saying. Like, where are you going? Okay, cool. We're going to go this way. We'll avoid whatever. But, like, if you're out there and you've scouted a spot and maybe you just digitally scouted it or you did it, you scouted it in January or something or February when there's nobody else hunting, if you run into somebody out there in October or November, like, how far are you guys, like, setting up? Or do you, like, completely... Well, I mean, if we're fishing, Jacob will go right up in a guy's stream and fish that. In his pocket. Right in his pocket. Um, That's a good one. No, I mean, I think if if you're on public and they they are managing a field or something, they have, they planted some corn or something, you know that there's going to be multiple people looking at that field, shooting at a deer. Yeah. And so I think it depends on where you're at. Yeah. For us, we're kind of that spot's kind of in the mix of, hey, you should not be surprised if someone else is here, and yeah. you should not be surprised if two people are shooting at the same deer. Yeah. Um, but it's right on the edge of of being 
remote enough where it's like, dude, it's a it's a big stand of trees. You could go, you could go somewhere else. Well, and now, if you know the the wind direction and like you know where they are, mm-hmm. then you could position yourself in between. Oh, a hundred percent. It's like you almost want to get out there last. Yeah, you're hoping <laughs> they. No, you want to get out there first and hoping mm-hmm. that these other people are bumping deer towards you. No, it, for the morning especially. Like if if you set up somewhere and the wind is going whatever direction that person could then say, oh, okay, well, if they're there, I'm going to go get ahead of it, and I'm going to go set up to where if a buck was coming to you, it's not going to have to pass me here. Like, you can, they're going to plot out, like, if this is the route yeah, we're that's running. a good question. I always thought of it as you want to be the first in, furthest in, and then when people are coming mm-hmm. in that's after you, they're bumping deer towards you. Yeah, and I guess it's the opposite is true Strategy. of the evening of like if you you wanted to yeah. you will get the closest to the exit route and then all these people coming out yeah now go. now the thing that's 100 percent for sure as far as ethics of sharing the woods is that guy is not calling dibs with that tree stand and and if that guy comes out say say he doesn't show up the first day of the hunt he shows up second day of the hunt and he's like my tree stands right here this is my area it's like dude like i don't know if you might have just and the guy might have just left the he might hate that tree stand and it's like yeah. this is now he belongs to the woods i'm yeah, never coming back for this scumbag literally there's a lot of people you know kentucky publishes all the quota numbers and it'd be surprising to see especially in the late season quota hunts 50 percent of the people that were drawn actually show up for the hunt mm. um, you had to pay for it right yeah, I think I had to pay like $8 for the draw. Oh, but like when enough. I did Taylorsville Lake last year, you do have to check in at a station before you go out. Um, That's so not they, enough to get people out there if it's snowing, you know, that aren't. Yeah, like. <laughs> that are snowing. Or if they had, you know, already killed a buck, you know, earlier yeah, in the season. Right, yeah, and they're like, well, true. now I don't really need to go in the cold. When you check in, do you have to tell them exactly like about where you're going? Mm, no. Okay. I didn't no. know if you could ask them, like, is anybody right here? Oh, I did. Well, from my Taylorsville hunt, I said, this is where I'm planning on going. What do you think? And I kind of screwed myself on that one because I didn't scout it super well beforehand. And it mm-hmm. wasn't as – it was much more overgrown than I thought it would be uh, just going off of the satellite mapping. Um, All right. So, to answer Braden's question, though, if you walk in and you see somebody, how far away are you going? To me, it depends on whether it's archery or rifle. Okay. Because I want more of a buffer. I don't know. Depending upon which direction they're going to shoot. Point. I I would feel a lot more comfortable <clears throat> if I could see someone. Um, if I You could, would want to be able to see them. To know which direction they're shooting. Mm. I would feel much more uncomfortable. Say say there was someone. Say you're on, on a tree on the edge of a field. And someone walks up. I was like, oh, I was going to hunt this side of the tree. I guess I'll go to the other side of the field. And then they just disappear off in the woods. And you have no idea where they are. You have no idea what direction yeah, they're shooting. I mean, but that is, that's still the situation you're in at all times. So if you don't see anyone, you don't know where they are. Like there may be someone there. There may not be someone there. And you're just making a shot that like I just feel you're like, not going to skyline a shot. I just or feel like, like it would be safer if you – I'm not saying you're within – shouting distance but you get your binos out and you can see the person and then you both kind of know your shooting lanes okay this guy's looking this direction i would be pissed if i'm in a tree and Mm -hmm. i see a cat go by and i go and he looks up and he goes waves and goes goes and sets up 100 yards and i can see him well i'm going 
Yeah. It, yeah. It, I, I think I, I think it depends. I'm saying for this guy specifically, if he has his climbing stand set up there on this tree, and that was the tree he was planning on doing. That's and, different. And I'm there first, and I'm already up in the tree. I'm not going to expect him to be like, well, time to, you know. Good point. No, yeah. but if you get there and he's up in that climber stand. I, I'm depending upon the landscape is kind of dictate some of that too. Like yeah. what distance can you put I mean, between I, you? I would say it'd Quarter be the mile, same if you and I were going rifle hunting together and, and we both want to have our own space. Mm-hmm. How far away would you be from yeah, each other? But that's different. Y'all we're team, we're team hunting. So then I would set you but up on a route and I would set me up on a route and I would sit, I would be jacked if you shot a bucket we've been trying to hunt or whatever. Like me and Phil do this. This is what we do. We don't, we can see each other most of the time, yeah. but it's strategic. It's not like sometimes we're in the same tree. Like, and it's like, you know, you're the shooter. I'm a shooter. If he comes this way or that way, like that's how we first started hunting. But like now right, it's but, different, but right, like but, if it's a stranger, right. But imagine you and Phil now you and Phil are going out hunting together and you get, you're like, Oh, this tree looks good. I'm going to get up in this tree. And Phil just goes, okay, I'm going to be somewhere around here. And then you're like, what? Well, what? I don't yeah. know. I don't know which direction you're looking at. Yeah, that would know. be irresponsible and unsafe. Like, we would never. So do I that. think it'd be the same thing with a stranger. You're you're in a tree. Someone walks up and says, "Hey, my tree stands a hundred yards this way," and and then I would say, "Okay, well, I'm looking this direction. And, you know, I'm hoping something comes down this way. What are you doing?" And he's like, "Okay, I'm looking at the field. Whatever. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll make sure when I leave, if I leave for lunch or whatever." Yeah. I'm not going to go that way and whatever. Yeah. You're, you are thinking that everyone is nice and being like, they're giving me the benefit of the doubt that they're going to be like, oh, yeah, this is my lane, this is your lane. When probably most people that you're going to come into that's going to set up that close to you is going to just take, they're going to cut you yeah, off. Yeah, that's the and difference. And the entire it, reason competition versus, you're scouting yes. is I, like, I think there's, I think there's going to be local people who think that it's their woods and will be really aggressive i think if it's someone yeah. like me who has driven hours to get there and wants a successful hunt and wants doesn't want to screw up someone else's hunt that common courtesy of where are you posting up i mean even just so that you know not to walk through that area uh if you leave or if you're coming in late or repositioning or whatever i think you got to communicate that now, you know, I'm going to be there before sunup if if someone walks down through my area at 9 in the morning. That is might, always, It yeah. might be a little bit of different, a that different is a tone. Great, <laughs> right. That's okay. a great Big old point. So this Never is, be that guy if you can and, avoid and it. And it's another thing if, you know, if I pull up on the side of this forest road and there's no trucks there. And then someone walks down through my area, and I get up to my truck, and he's parked five foot away mm. from me. It's like, dude, you knew that someone was out here. Like, I don't know. What? Okay, so this is rifle season yeah. for you. Okay, yeah. so in November. Yeah. Right? Okay. I can't wait to hear what happens. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is that guy specifically would be in a tree stand. So I guess as far as safety is concerned, we'd both be shooting at a downward angle. Right. That's when I did when I did Taylorsville, I was out at the edge of a field on the top of a hill, and the hill was going up. And at about 10 a.m., a guy comes walking up the middle of the field, pops up a ground blind, and sets <gasps> it in a little stand of trees <laughs> directly in front of me. And I've got my flashlight, but it's 
10 a.m. So I'm just like hoping like a signal mirror. At like 10 a.m. He at did this? At 10 a.m. on a Saturday. What a punk. Sets dude. it up, gets in it, and I'm just like SOSing him for five minutes. And then I guess he finally notices. He doesn't acknowledge me at all, but just gets up, packs the the – the, the ground blind up but literally oh, he did. <laughs> oh, well that's cool that he did that he buggered your hunt well yeah. he knew that <laughs> my gun was pointed directly at him like he was oh, exactly where i was hoping yeah. a deer would be uh it's <laughs> crazy like, town that somebody would do that well i know some i have talked to a guy uh that i know and his strategy is on rifle season he also bow hunts, but if he hasn't got anything by rifle, he will go in about nine or ten o'clock because and get set up because he thinks that when people come out for lunch, he's they're all bumping like most. People, but he doesn't like, go. You don't go deep. in. You, you go stay close yeah. to like the entrance and exit. Yeah, he doesn't go in super deep. Yeah, yeah. If that's, you're, not that's a, a good point. That's if you're gonna point. go hiking in at ten o'clock, you're gonna go hike a mile in at ten o'clock. You're gonna walk past hunters, and they're gonna be like, "Dude, okay. like, what the heck?" Yeah. Like, well, and the other thing that's crazy to me is that people would commit, and maybe if you're local, it's different, but people would commit time to that and not try to be as successful as possible. Like well, you have stuff that happens. I mean, I, 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 get I, I got. You want to get out? You want to get out into the woods? Yes. But dude, set up your ground blind the day before. You know. It, it, yeah, but I, it. There was a dude. He was like, "This happened. This exact thing happened to me and Phil." Um, dude walked by, and then we saw him at the truck later. And I don't remember if it was turkey or deer season. It was turkey. It was turkey. Okay. I you, think did I tell this story. And he was like. Uh, He's like, I'm sorry about that, guys. Like, this is my only day off in three weeks, and my alarm didn't go off. And, um, you know, I I feel really bad, but I really wanted to get out there and hunt. And I was like, still kind of a tool move, but he, only day off in a few weeks, and you got you only your only access is public. It's public. I'm on public. It's not mine. Like, I don't. It's it's the risk you run when you're going out there. It's like you don't want to be too much of a jerk. Yeah. Like, I mean, we. Remember when we went scouting, I forget which, which WMA it was, but we went scouting that one time, and as we were walking out, we were like 50 yards from the car, and there's just that big boy sitting, sitting on there. a five-gallon bucket. Yeah, sitting on a five-gallon bucket in the middle of... Ten yards from the parking lot. Yeah, in the middle of a valley with just people walking in and out by with a shotgun on his lap just sitting there. And you're was like, he taking a break? No, he was He was a, he was a probably 400 pounds. He was a big boy. Oh. Uh, but... He probably just enjoys sitting out in the yeah. woods. Yeah. Like he, he, he like do. if you ask him what are his odds of success, he'd be like two percent. But yeah. that's not why yeah. he's going out there. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you just never know what you're gonna. You're that's gonna public, man. That's why I can't do public. I'll accidentally kill somebody. Accidentally get myself killed. Yeah, it's not it like that. It just scares me, really. especially with rifle. You know. You know what? Um. If so, if I see someone set up a ground blind or something, get on my phone geocache pin right there <laughs> send a bunch and of bu- people to <laughs> it you see like zombies <laughs> jean shorts <laughs> zombies <laughs> with their phone out i'm gonna get my i'm gonna find a trinket in this stump cool man it's just a guy <laughs> sitting yeah. there right now <laughs> yeah. piss off everyone we should probably wrap this up yeah, if you this has been, been a long episode i love yeah. it yeah. And yeah. The any best time comments feedback for me just send it to Brad, yeah. time to go wild. <laughs> all the Jeep lovers, all the people that used that FU earlier in the. Uh, yeah. No, I'm sure. I mean, there's different types of 
cheap people, but pavement princess is what you're talking about. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Well, nothing wrong with that. If you've listened so. to this episode, please let us know how many ducks you have on your dashboard. Yes. And if you're a geocaching Jeep driver. Yeah. We love you. <laughs> All right. If you stuck with us this long, make sure you give us a review. Let us know what you think about the show. Uh, let us know how your fall planning is going. Log the show and go wild so you can get some points. We're going to have some cool stuff coming from Gunbroker here soon. Some new rewards popping. So make sure you're checking those out. And get after them quick because they disappear. Yeah, I'm, I want to get that sample. That sample hat. Yeah. I almost asked. I was obviously like, too early, but you just told him it's a hat. There you go. Blow well, the person. Don't tell there me is anymore. a hat. Right, Who invited gonna, him? We're gonna shut this down before Dan ruins it more. Oh, All right. See y'all next Bye. week. Bye.